Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, book one in the Mask of the Gods series, or if you're listening to the podcast, which you can find at maskofthegods.com. Yeah, very excited. And sad. As I'm recording this, Notre Dame de Paris is on fire, and my heart's oh my heart and prayers go out to everyone who is struggling with that because it's hard for me to keep focused on things with such a an amazing cultural landmark burning to the ground hopefully not all the way and hopefully they'll be able to repair it and rebuild it but only time will tell so today we normally talk about star trek but well that's going to be wednesday and Sunday, we had the new Game of Thrones, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But something else happened. Something happened that I really need to talk to you about. Yeah, I think you know what it was. I like the symmetry of this starting in the way that the Force Awakens trailer did. Except for it's Ray this time instead of Finn. We've passed on all we know. Have you now? A thousand generations live in you now. Exactly how does that work? But this is your fight. It is definitely her fight. I'm not sure exactly what planet we're on. It could be Tatooine, or maybe it's Jakku. Oh, that red, that red TIE fighter. And then the jump to end all jumps. I have to say, I hooted so hard. Yeah. I'm guessing that's Endor. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, it's good to see Lando back. Not sure where a lot of this is happening, but... You'll always be with you. Yes, you will. And then this happens. <laughs> I have no idea what is going to happen in this movie. But, well, I have some theories. But that laugh, that laugh just blows me away. So let's take it from the top, shall we? Because, let's face it, it's Star Wars. And I'm going to overly obsess about this until the movie comes out. And then I'll have new ideas, and I'll overly obsess about those until, you know, the next thing. Because it's Star Wars, and I'm that kind of person. 
first of all, I am going, I am operating off of the assumption that this movie is going to take place partially on Tatooine. And I say that because, well, the movies do like to rhyme, don't they? And that's something that George Lucas brought into the series very early on. Now, my main reason for this is, one, those mountains that we see in the background behind Rey, that reminds me a lot more of what we saw on Tatooine than what we saw on Jakku. Now, it could be a new desert planet, but I don't think so. And it's mainly because they gave the episode the title, The Rise of Skywalker. Which leads me to believe that Rey, in course of this film, and I, I actually believe that we saw the in the things that we saw in the movie are out of order. I personally, I think the desert planet stuff is going to be in the middle of the movie. We are going to start on a forest planet. We'll get to that in a minute. We are then going to go to um. Tatooine, and then we're going to go to a third location, which is where the final confrontation between Rey and Kylo Ren is going to take place. And yeah, so that's my current theory going forward. Okay. So this is where, okay. So why do I think that she's on Tatooine? With the title of the movie being The Rise of Skywalker, which really excites me for so many reasons, because one, I think that, that one, I keep saying one, this means that they are taking the title of the previous film quite literally, The Last Jedi. Luke Skywalker was The Last Jedi. And what we're going to see by the end of this movie is is Rey, and possibly Rey and Kylo, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, starting the Skywalker Order. And that everyone will be able to become a Skywalker by the end. And I also... Th but, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. So, we know that Rey has access to the Library of the Jedi. She stole that from Luke in the last movie. So yeah, I think that she's read that. But the voiceover, Luke's voiceover, bleh, Luke's voiceover in this trailer leads me to believe that she's also had some ghost master training from various other Jedi. And I want to see that. I want them to have craftily brought in and just, it doesn't have to be long. It can just be some quick thing. It can even be in flashback at some point. But I kind of want to see Ghost Anakin, I, Ghost Obi-Wan, Ghost Luke. I want to see Ghost Qui-Gon, maybe, or at least hear his voice at some point. Yeah, I really want that to be the thing. And that explains when he says we, that that's who the we is, that over the period of time between The Last Jedi and um, The Rise of Skywalker, she has been training with the spirits of past Jedi. So that's number one. 
This, I believe, will lead to a couple quests on her part. One, trying to understand the origin of the Skywalker family. How is it that Anakin was born? And for that, that's why I think that we're going to end up on Tatooine. I think she's going to go back to the beginning. She's going to try to find out where Shmi came from and exactly where Anakin came from. And that's going to start the path through the film. Okay, personal theories. The opening of this movie is going to take place on a forest world that we've never seen before. It's wherever the hideout is for the resistance. And that's that scene that we get when we fly into the valley and we see this kind of like city there that that that's what that is. And that's going to be the actual opening of the movie. They're going to reuse some of the Takodano scenes with Ray and Leia because as we all know, Carrie Fisher unfortunately died before the last Jedi came out. But I think that, I mean, they've already told us that they're going to use some unused footage from, um, the force awakens in this movie. And I, so that probably means it's going to be footage from Takadana. So while of course they're not going to be on Takadana, because that wouldn't make any sense because you know, the whole first order, first order trap and blah, 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 blah. So they're going to be in a different desert planet that they can safely reuse that footage without it looking strange and out of place. This is going to start off a whole bunch of things. Now, depending on one, how inside out they want this movie to be, um, how rhymy they want it to be. I have a th- that could that planet could be Endor. And the remnants of the Death Star that we see could be the second Death Star that crashed into Endor. Now I say it that way because I know some people are theorizing that it's going to be Yavin, and it's always possible that it could be Yavin 4. But my problem with that is the Death Star at Yavin blew up kind of out in the middle of nowhere because it was literally out in the middle of nowhere. If you don't know the history of the making of Star Wars, originally they got back to Yavin and analyzed the plans that Leia had stolen, um, had with her, devised an attack, and then basically flew out and encountered the Death Star out in the middle of nowhere and blew it up. That's why we really don't get images of the Death Star near them. It was actually in the edit that this new ending was devised where they cut together some of the material to make it look like the Death Star was imminently about to attack Yavin 4, when in the original, that wasn't the case. That, 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 that is a change that happened in the edit. And because of that, in the footage that we have in the movie, we don't really see the Death Star that close to Yavin because, well, if we did, they would have just blown it up and the Empire would have won. So I don't, I, I, it doesn't seem reasonable for me that they would 
try to get the audience to assume that parts of the Death Star crash landed on Yavin 4. Doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that that's the way they're going to go. Having said that, we know from the new canon that parts of the Death Star rain down all over Endor. So the idea that they would be able to go to a portion of the Death Star in on Endor does make sense. So for me, that makes me feel like what's going to happen is we're going to start on Endor, which is the new secret base of the Resistance, because who's going to think of going to the Cuddly Bear planet to find <laughs> the Resistance? Because, you know, it seems too obvious. Why would anybody do that? And while we're there, their Ray, for some reason, is going to go to the remnants of the first Death Star. This is where she is going to encounter the spirit of Palpatine. And, okay, this is my personal theory. And I, I don't know exactly where to start this. Okay, what she's going to find out there, if we actually look at what the story team has been doing for the, you know, what has happened between Return of the Jedi and um, the um, Force Awakens, we see Operation Cinder. Operation Cinder was a plan by the Emperor that basically, if he died because of anything other than old age, the Empire would be eradicated and destroyed. Because an empire, what did he tell Gilly on the ship? An empire that cannot def defend its empire does not deserve to... An empire that does... Yeah, I can't talk today. An empire who does not defend its emperor does not deserve to exist. And so everything that happens after the death of the emperor is part of Operation Cinder. And we get to see the planned destruction of Naboo, which Princess Leia thwarts. Um, we get to see basically this grand plan to bring the rest of the Empire together to destroy, be destroyed by the Republic fleet over, in, over Jakku in the Battle of Jakku. And that's very intentional. Now, I've always found it interesting that the First Order is called the First Order, and the First Order was the destruction of the Empire. And when you actually look at what the First Order did, it removed the... In, in The Force Awakens, the First Order removes the last remnant of the old Empire. It destroys the Senate. Now you have to remember the New Republic Senate was comprised primarily of senators from the old empire. So now here we are in The Force Awakens, and we see the First Order destroy the, the, the seat of power. It destroys the New Republic. The New Republic is now gone. In The Last Jedi, we see them wiping out pretty much the majority of the Resistance, and virtually everyone 
you know, that was there. Now, the the non-film universe has brought several things to light. While we still don't know who Snoke was or how he eventually came to power, what we do know is that it was a surprise. It was not part of the plan and that he basically comes in and kind of hijacks the First Order for his own aims. So here's my pet theory. We know from the Aftermath books that um, Palpatine had one of his scary Sith bases on Jakku. And part of that was that they brought together a lot of the children. Well, Gilly did. Um, brought brought up together a bunch of the children into this kind of cult of Palpatine to defend the Sith relics that were there. What if Ray and remember when I say this, I'm probably, you know, putting together way too many threads here, but I think it was JJ Abrams who said that this movie will rely on a lot of what he called fan logic. So what if Ray is the final part of Operation Cinder? What if Ray learns that her awakening, because remember her, her coming to her understanding of being part of the force happened fairly late in her life. We don't see that she had any inkling that she was special prior to that. And there's that line by Snoke in the force awakens. There has been awakening. Have you in the force? Have you felt it? What if the Sith artifacts that were on Jakku basically chose Rey to bring about the final destruction of the Imperial Remnant? What if she is the last link in the chain for Operation Cinder? And that's what she learns in the Death Star. She encounters the Remnant whatever's there. George Lucas said that the dark side can't do force ghosts and, but they can haunt places. So what if she encounters the disembodied spirit of Palpatine? Doesn't know who he is. Cause maybe he appears just as Ian McDermott instead of scary emperor man. And that's, and he starts manipulating her and really, getting her all bent up to destroy the first order because the first order is what's left of the Imperial remnant and the entire emperor empire must be destroyed. It has forgotten its own purpose. It is the first order destroy everything that failed the emperor. And that's why it's called the first order, but they've just forgotten because everybody that was involved in operation Cinder was either removed from power or is dead. Huh? How's that sound? That would be so freaky. Imagine the just trauma that Ray would go through when she learns that not only is she a no one, not only is she not special in the way that she thought she was in the way that fans thought she was, but that she's 
not even supposed to be part of the story. Remember, that's what Kylo Ren said. Because she is the contingency plan. She's the final stage of Operation Cinder. She's the final stay step in the Emperor's plan to eradicate the Empire that failed him. And all of the people that failed him. She is quite literally, literally the failsafe. And this is what leads her to go on this quest of discovery to find out how this all got started. Because remember, she's gonna, she has all of the Library of the Jedi, right? Which means she would have been able to read the prophecy that has been mentioned throughout of the one who would bring balance to the Force. This one is the Skywalker. This one is Anakin. So if Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force, and wouldn't it be amazing if we get to see glimpses of Mortis in this movie? It won't happen. But, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? I would love that. <laughs> anyway. Because that was the moment Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force. He defeated the brother, and, he de and Le Ashla gave her life so that Ahsoka could live. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome to see Ahsoka Tano in this movie? Um, just put some makeup on Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. Anyway. So that's the moment that he was supposed to bring balance to the Force because he was supposed to step in in place of the father as the one that could hold the son and the daughter separate. He refuses and goes out into the Clone Wars and all the events that transpire from that is after his failure to bring balance to the Force. Right? So, here, here's, here's my theory. Okay? Kylo Ren is the embodiment of the son. She is the embodiment of the daughter. Luke is the embodiment of the father. Did I, wait, did I say that right? So Kylo Ren is the son. She's the daughter. Luke is the father. And we get this kind of ghostly recreation of the three entities on Mortis. And this is the moment where balance can be brought back to the Force. Which means Kylo cannot die. Rey cannot win. They have to bring balance. So Rey goes on this quest to find out how this all got started, which leads her to Tatooine. And the reason I think they're in Tatooine in the trailer is the desert skiff. To be honest, we saw nothing like that on Jakku. We have seen that on um, Tatooine. And the fact that we see Finn and Poe and a couple others on a skiff going through the desert in part of the trailer really quickly, that, that leads me to believe that that's back on Tatooine. So Rey knows exactly how Anakin failed to bring balance to the Force. Which then led to all of the events that we've seen transpire since. She now wants to know exactly how he came about. How, where did the Skywalkers come from? So she goes back to Tatooine. I'm not sure how JJ is going to deal with that mystery box, but it's JJ. You know, there's going to be a mystery box there. 
that's where she will find out about the Skywalkers and where the Skywalkers came from. Whatever knowledge she then gains on Tatooine will be used in the final confrontation with Kylo Ren to save him from the dark side. Because she must bring balance to the Force. And so at the end, we're going to see Rey Skywalker and Ben Skywalker begin the Order of the Skywalkers. And we're going to see Little Broom Boy brought back. And they're going to pick him up and he's going to become a Skywalker. Because anyone can be a Skywalker. It's going to go from being a bloodline, a family lineage, to the moral of the story that we got in The Last Jedi, that anyone can change the world. That's the lesson that we learn while we're on Canto Bite. Anyone, no matter how small, insignificant, can change the world. If it wasn't for that broom boy, they would have been lost. Right? And, oh, I, 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 can, I can see it now. I can see it all work out like that. I don't know if that's what they're going to do at all. But I would watch that movie. I don't know. I'm so excited about this. It's it's the Palpatine thing because I don't think that they're going to bring Palpatine back to be the big bad. At least I hope they don't. But having him be a temptation for Rey, like, can you imagine if we got a recreation moment with Rey in the second Death Star? That's kind of like when Luke was in, in went into the underworld on Dagobah. But instead of encountering Darth Vader, she encounters the Emperor. And that's where she has all these revelations and realizes all this stuff about herself. That would be really cool, and I would love to see that. And if nothing else, if I'm right about nothing else in this prediction video, which, mind you, is based solely off the name of Episode Nine. And this teaser trailer that really tells us nothing. That's what we're going to see. That, that's my theory. And I would love to know what you all think. Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? How far off do you think I am? I mean, we're eventually going to see. That's one of the fun things about doing this podcast is if I happen to be right in December, I could just point people back to this podcast and go, see, 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 I called the whole thing way back then, which I have gotten to do a couple times. And that feels so good, bad. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think? Do you have a special theory about what's going to happen in episode nine? I, I, I like mine, but you know, you never know. Anywho, if you like this episode and you, the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general, please do so. That helps me out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. If you get a dollar, you can throw my way down in the show notes or over in the show notes or wherever the show notes are on the app you're listening to me on. You'll see a link to anchor to the anchor community support. If you click that, you can join the project at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. That helps me out a lot. That helps me to do everything that I do, including recently buying 
Save the Cat 4, which I'm probably going to do a podcast on because it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. If you don't have any money and you uh, don't, or you don't feel like giving, I understand that. Trust me. I really do. But I would ask if you know anybody that you think would like this podcast, please share it with them. That helps out a bunch. If you enjoyed this kind of a theory episode, do let me know because I really like doing these theory episodes, but you know, I, I don't know how much y'all like them. So if you would like to see more of this, please do let me know. Easiest place to do that is on Twitter. I'm CE Dorset on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can either hit me up there, or you can go to anchor.fm, download the Anchor app, follow Project Shadow, and then click the voice message button, and then you can leave me a message, and I keep it clean so I can use it on the show, and we can make this much more of our podcast. Okay? Um, yeah, there's so much going on. Oh, yeah. Mask of the Gods is now available on Apple Podcasts. So if you've been waiting for Mask of the Gods to show up in Apple, it's there now. So you can just head over to maskofthegods.com or go to anchor.fm slash mask of the gods or search mask of the gods in your favorite podcasting app. And hopefully it'll be there. If not, go to ma- um, anchor.fm slash mask of the gods and you'll see request. And you can put in a request for the podcasting app that you use, and they'll add it eventually. Hopefully. That's how that's supposed to work. Anywho, I am really excited about the podcast. I'm really excited for the book. Thank you to everybody who's already bought Crucify My Love. And yeah, it just, I'm really excited about so much right now. Um, so tomorrow, we'll be talking about Game of Thrones, and then Wednesday... We will be talking about Star Trek Discovery because it's topsy-turvy week. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.